0: Welcome to Short Skirts
1: and a Long Scripture, where we discuss and create a space to heal from religious trauma. I'm Hannah. <laughs> I'm Cass. Together, we have been friends for a very long time. And when we were kids growing up, I don't know what age would you say we were when we started interacting with this group of people? I was like 12 or 13. How old were you? I was probably about that age, maybe a little bit younger. And the story of our life interacting with this group of people was that we started to attend what was considered a Christian youth program. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which on the surface, not a bad thing christianity not a sinister religion right but the reason that we would maybe refer to it as a cult going forward is because of things that we realized after stopping interacting with them that were Mm -hmm. a little bit strange like the definition said or yeah things that we thought were normal and then other people would make comments like what? That's not a good story. What? You weren't allowed to do that?
0: <laughs> what? You had that's, to do that? <laughs> that's not okay. I had a lot of people come back and be like, that's kind of like a form of abuse. And I went, Yeah. Oh. So, ultimately, <laughs> so-
1: we wanted to start this podcast because we experienced some stuff and nobody told us that it was not okay. Why are we called Short Skirts and a Long Scripture?
0: Well, we kind of came up with that name because it was, we went with Mm. a taboo and then something else that was kind of shoved down our throats at the time to like counteract that taboo or whatever. So Short Skirts, not a thing that was allowed when we were growing up. You want to explain long scripture? I
1: remember when I was a kid, it wasn't said explicitly in the community that we were in that you couldn't have short skirts. It was shown in the judgment of the people if you wore something above your knees and the way that people would look at you or interact with you or Mm -hmm. avoid
0: interacting with you. It was the little sly comments that your parents would make about people that they saw on the street wearing certain things. Exactly. (laughs) When we say cult, what do we mean by cult? How is it a cult? A relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister. Oh no. <laughs> well, it wasn't sinister, but boy was it strange. <laughs> Partially the reason for that is because we weren't really allowed outside that circle. That's And that wasn't everybody in the cult, if you remember. That was only like there was a certain yeah. group of people that were in that But they were also heading up this youth group. But we weren't really allowed outside of this little bubble, Mm -hmm. so to speak. So some of these people, like you, love you. (laughs) Love you too. (laughs) especially didn't know anything outside of that exactly a long time either where i had had experience prior to getting involved with this community can you say more about this about what it looked like for you to
1: not be in this community and then to join it
0: oh so i had previously been in the christian community we went to a pretty normal church my parents were like later in life converts to christianity like in the mid to late 90s pretty much and back then Then I remember it being, you know, if we went to church, we had fun. It was mostly about God loves you. This is what he's done. You know, he's the creator of the universe and he made all these things and he loves you because he made you and blah, blah, blah. So it was like the really good Christian base without the judgment. Right. And then we got involved with this group and it was the same stuff Mm -hmm. plus a bunch of extra rules and expectations very much gender specific roles that were meant to be played which i hadn't previously experienced like my parents were very much traditional gender values but also not being super judgy on if somebody else wanted to do something else like that's just the way they wanted to do it which was fine but so this group had a lot of that which was kind of weird Mm -hmm. and also if you want to be accepted by us here's all these unwritten rules and expectations that we have for you to fit in our box okay and a lot later with a bunch of experiences it came to be well if you don't fit into this box then you just had a lot more issues than other people who were you know the meek and mild type, (laughs) who just didn't ask questions. What was your experience like not having been outside of that?
1: Right. I was also raised in a household that practiced Christianity from the time I was a small child. And in my household, same idea. You know, I was a 90s kid, so it was like 90s Christianity, which means all the ladies wear dresses and we have long hair and... We want to enforce the stereotypes for gender roles, but also preaching the idea of God loves you, God created you, he wants the best for you, standard Christianity things. This group came along and we saw, oh, these people love Jesus. We love Jesus. Mm -hmm. We want our kids to grow up and love Jesus. Let's have our
0: kids interact with these people. I just want to put a little side note in here for listeners, too, that you guys lived on the property renting a house from the people that created this group and the church that we went to so oh that could be a factor. there's also as that well that could also be a huge <laughs> factor like did your parents know beforehand like renting this house from these people
1: i don't think so i'm trying to remember back when we first started attending this group of in the youth programs that were available i don't remember a time before moving to this property where we were involved in it when i joined i was the oldest kid in my family So I was the first kid to start attending the youth programs for this group. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was kind of cool, but also I'm very introverted and painfully shy when I was a young person. Yes, you were. (laughs) to be just like thrown in a group of other preteens and teenagers, and they were all like really gung ho about Christianity and like, oh, yeah. Do the Lord's work and let's make things happen for God. I was not really
0: fitting in very well because I was just like, I love Jesus over here. (laughs) (laughs) Which is hilarious because that's exactly how you were. (laughs) Yeah, you know. (laughs) So... (laughs)
1: It was very terrifying for me to join a community of young people that were so excited about God.
0: It was a little off-putting at first, like, when you first got into Mm -hmm. that, because they suggested a good time to introduce your kids into this program, whether you have old kids, Mm -hmm. older kids already in it or anything else, is about 12 to 13 is what I remember them suggesting. like. Younger kids were always there. That was never not going to be a thing because some of these families had fucking Duggar families, 19 kids and counting. And I'm like, good God. Mm-hmm. But I remember that them saying that's the age you were supposed to kind of start getting yeah. involved with, it, which is the age that we kind of got involved and in when we met. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of weird because you went in and there was a bunch of kids our age who either – we're like us, and we're like, I don't know what's right. going on. I'm just going to observe over here. Or they were a little bit older than us, and they were like, We've already brought 50 people to Christ. Fully and you're fully like, invested in the program. Great. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Fully
1: invested in the program. I think that one of my first memories of you, Cass, was. Oh, you remember? Dude, my memory is terrible. <laughs> But I do remember one of my first memories of you was just being like, that girl seems really brave and excited about things. And I wish (laughs) I was that cool. (laughs) Because
0: I'm over here with
1: my like, literally handmade, which I was very proud of, handmade jumpers, handmade dresses Mm -hmm. and skirts. Very, um, homeschool love homeschooling we'll talk about this in a future episode but like Amen. very stereotypical when you see a homeschool kid you can tell it's a homeschool kid
0: <laughs> well homeschool kid from like the early to mid 2000s yep. too like i yep. don't think people understand that we had our own fashion trends, really <laughs> and you can date a homeschooler yes. by what you see them wearing <laughs> but like you were stereotypical yes. fashion of like the early to mid 2000s dude i'm a trendsetter it was ridiculous because I have pictures of your monochromatic outfits oh, no. from when we were a little bit older. I'm going to be so embarrassed if you find those. Purple, green, blue. like Not me trying oh, my to learn gosh. how to wear clothing.
1: <laughs> In this community, they added extra layers of... We'll mm-hmm. talk about this again in, an, in a later episode, but extra layers of the way that you dress as a woman directly affects the behavior of the men around you.
0: Basically, it was just extra so, layers of clothing you had to add.
1: Yeah, which I have it was. problems with that. That was one of my traumatic experiences there. Trying so hard as a young teenager to dress appropriately Mm quote-unquote because in my mind i was like oh my gosh well if this is the truth that how i dress will cause the men around me to have sinful bad thoughts about me well the dang i better be covering every inch of my body they will not Mm -hmm. know that i have the body of a woman they will just see straight lines wear
0: a tent (laughs) i remember getting in my fight with my parents about that too like i don't think it's gonna matter if i wear a tent or not like guys have imaginations they're gonna be imagining what's under there then like what's the point (laughs) to be or not to be (laughs)
1: we'll definitely have to come back to this at a future episode because i feel like in some cases yes i was told as a kid we don't wear that like specifically Mm -hmm. that's too short put on something longer or that shows too much of your upper body you need to cover up a little bit like specifically Mm -hmm. from adults Moms, dads, my parents, other parents, whoever. Older kids yeah. who were in the group. Older kids who, in the group who were f- further along in their ingrained
0: process. <laughs> right? Who are like probably trying to tell you out of the goodness of their heart, right. but also being like, you look a little slutty, go put another layer on. <laughs> yeah. Because your shoulders are showing, or your sleeves are too short. You know, it was a whole thing. Which I have – so many complaints about
1: because if we were supposed to be christians in the sense that we follow the example of god from the bible as like our Mm -hmm. source of guidance and truth or whatever clothing not as big of an issue as i was led to believe (laughs) (laughs) i know now that i've studied and read the bible a lot more i'm just always shocked like This was not even covered in our manual for life quotes the Bible like this was not Mm -hmm. as big of a deal as I was led to believe when I was a 12 year old girl.
0: They probably ask you to get involved that early so that they can tell you all these things and mm-hmm. scare you into thinking this is literally what the rest of your life is going to be like, which is very odd as like a twelve, thirteen year old kid.
1: Yeah, because now looking back, now that we have kind of come out of this community, I will call it a cult yeah. because
0: a hundred percent
1: regular Christian religion does not have this much specification and requirements Mm -hmm. that you have to follow Mm -hmm. so because they were like added by the leaders of the group that kind of connotates to me that's a little bit cultish when one man or one group of men are dictating how you behave in every aspect
0: well it was also the fact that Okay, well, they were telling us all of these rules and requirements and things that we should or shouldn't do as young girls and even young guys. I'm sure they had some expectations thrown on them that, you know, we don't even know about still. But it's the fact that they were telling us these things and then you would start asking questions. You would start asking questions. We weren't allowed to ask questions. If you had any questions. I started asking questions. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, what kind of questions would you ask? Well, I would be like, so why do we have to do that? What – where does it say that? Great and question. They would always bring up usually the same scripture that they just told everyone, and they would just keep hashing on that one. And I'm like, okay, but um, why? Because the scriptures that they were bringing up didn't mean – To me, Mm -hmm. apparently, what it was connotating to them. Or I would push that boundary. It wouldn't necessarily be me asking questions as me pushing a boundary, like physically, what I was choosing to wear, the things that I was saying, because I didn't fit into their box to begin with. Mm -hmm. And my mouth has a mind of its own, as we (laughs) just know. I suppose. I would say things that. You know, their daughters wouldn't be caught dead saying because they were the meek and mild type that just did exactly what daddy said. We have a whole episode coming up on Christianese, which is the term that you use
1: for people that talk about things within Christianity and about Christianity that Mm -hmm. anyone outside of this community maybe doesn't know what the heck you're saying. This entails like what we would call homeschool swear words. Things that are appropriate to say when you're upset.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because we have those feelings sometimes even though they weren't welcome. We're not allowed (laughs) to have
1: those feelings. But if we choose to express them you have to express them in a specific way for it to be acceptable. Mm -hmm. Again, slightly cultish, controlling every aspect
0: of how you live. (laughs) And if it wasn't The leadership taking control of your life. It was someone else within the group who felt that they needed to help you through the struggles in your life that apparently you were having that weren't a problem before. (laughs) You didn't
1: even realize that it was an issue until one of the older kids said, You know, Hannah, I just really feel like the Lord wants me to pray for this area of your life.
0: Christianese.
1: And suddenly I would be like, what? What? You need to talk to God about something in my life that I didn't realize was an issue. There's a certain expectation. If you don't meet that expectation, we got to get you up to speed.
0: They have like a rehabilitation program for somebody who basically doesn't fit all of their bullet points on their little spreadsheet or whatever. So, And I would just like to say, I came into this cult already being a damaged child from being... A child of divorce and a messy one and having experienced mm-hmm. different types of narcissistic abuse. Mm-hmm. So, coming into this group, I was already pegged as being the problem child. Already, because you're because... from a family of
1: divorce, and in this group, exactly, divorce is the most evil thing you can do, aside Sinful from being gay, thing you can which do. we'll talk about later as well. What you're telling me is... Coming in as a damaged child, you expect that a group of this group of Christian people that profess to love Jesus and to love other people would maybe bring you into their community, give you some love, try to help you with the healing process.
0: What was your experience instead? Initial judgment, Mm. being cast into this weird little outside realm Mm. of, well, we accept you, but you're also this. Yeah. Um, being kind of forced to go through like what they want to call like i guess like their healing process of you need to do this stuff basically you need to ask for forgiveness from all of these different people and forgive them for what they did to you and i'm like whoa um first of all i'm 13 14 15 at that point like you're forcing me into working through stuff that mentally I was not ready for, yeah. which made me a very angry teenager. Yeah. And resentful. And I I think, and maybe I don't know what you saw, it made me push back on things a lot more because they were shoving things down my throat that I wasn't prepared for.
1: Yeah. So instead of listening to your story... And finding out where you were at to help you start Mm -hmm. there. It was, oh, well, we know what's best for you without even knowing you. So follow Mm -hmm. our step by step program
0: and you'll be as good as us. And the more they brought it up, the more Mm -hmm. like angry I would get about this, you know, the situation that I don't think I was really angry about before. I think I had just kind of dismissed it at that point, which was another way of coping and i you know eventually i would work through with it but they wanted it done now and to tell them there was like the elders would come over to my house and they wanted to do a whole intervention they wanted to have basically an intervention and be like you need to forgive them now and i'm like I'm just going to tell what you want to hear at this point. Yeah, who do you mean? The prominent fathers of this group. One of them was the pastor of the church that we attended. Gotcha. And the other one was an elder of the church that we attended. So this, I mean, it was like from the youth group, but it wasn't from the youth group because the church and youth group for us were so intermingled, so unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of bled on over yeah (laughs) but i think the main issue here
1: in this whole scenario is that we were children we were not even Mm -hmm. teenagers yet and we were still learning how to be people not even (laughs) like anything special But at this point, when we needed a place to be able to grow and ask questions and learn, instead we were given a place where sometimes with good intentions we were told what to do and how to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. But the reason we can look back on it as maybe that wasn't such a good idea, in my opinion, is because it was controlling every aspect of your life and you weren't allowed to ask questions. If you brought forward a question, depending on what you had to ask about, it would say, oh, well, that's just wrong, so we're not going to talk about it. Or, oh, that's a terrible thing to ask. You need to talk to God and make sure your heart is in the right place before you go forward from this conversation. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, or you were shamed for it and when they, you know... Said, oh no, we won't tell anybody. Yeah. Somebody found out. Having so much of your
1: life controlled how you talk, how you dress, how you interact with other people, how you present yourself to other people. That's mm-hmm. that's a little too
0: much. I feel like it kind of robbed us of some experiences as early teens and later teenagers to what experiences do you feel you were robbed of like just being a normal teenager and being able to have feelings and emotions and if you're struggling with something i don't feel like i could go to my parents for it at all because it was going to get brought back to the church like shared with the community rather than just personal matters worked on in the family that's problematic some of it some of the big stuff Um, it was never kept there. (laughs) (laughs) It was just problematic all around for you. It was, it was problematic. Like I couldn't share things with my parents for fear of they're going to go tell the elders or something like that, or someone else in particular. Mm -hmm. And I was going to get reprimanded for it. And we're going to have to like have a healing lesson or something on it because, well, you're struggling with this, but you know, here. Read this passage, do some homework, get back to me in a week.
1: Imagine being a teenager and having depression, but you didn't know to call it depression because depression is something that Christians do not struggle with, according to the teaching. Mm -hmm. If you struggle with depression, it's because you have a demon or something. If you tell someone that you feel lonely or sad or isolated or you just act in any of those ways – You get told, well, you're not talking to God enough about the situation. And basically it's on you and it's your fault that you feel this way. If only you trusted God a little bit more and had more joy in your heart, then you wouldn't feel this way. To me, that does not sound like a valid explanation
0: or solution for a teenager struggling with depression yeah you know looking back both of us 100 had depression i had anxiety i'll be honest with you i was suicidal there for a few years and it was not a good place to be in but we and maybe you feel this way i specifically got really good at acting Mm. showing that i was great on the outside so that people would stop pinpointing me for being problematic or having issues that they needed to fix or something so if i acted like i was perfectly fine and had it all together they would leave me alone yeah that's how it works which is kids are
1: great at pretending that nothing's wrong if after a while they don't get any assistance in their problem situation
0: i wasn't allowed to you know be myself which i was i still spoke out and did things that probably they didn't like but i kept it together for the most part so they'd leave me alone yeah For the record, as a child, I thought Cass was really cool. Dang, I really want to wear
1: shorts in public, but I feel, like, uncomfortable if I wear shorts in public because
0: the men will be looking at my thighs. (laughs) But to be real, the only shorts that we were actually allowed to wear were ones that were right above our knees or went over our knees. We got really good at shopping in the guys' section for that.
1: I was allowed to wear basically anything at home, but I remember – Feeling so much pressure for getting ready when I was going out anywhere, into town, to a social event. I just remember feeling, like, shameful that I had a female body as, you know, puberty sets in and your body looks slightly different. And mm-hmm. I just remember that being very stressful to me as a kid Yeah, in the outfits that I chose. And so I was wearing long dresses <clears throat> sometimes to the point where I would even feel uncomfortable wearing pants because, heaven forbid, men knew that I had legs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they can see my butt. Oh, no. <laughs> I remember wearing two youth group. Yeah. The biggest sweatshirt I had. that right. covered my butt. Yep. And either a skirt. Or, you know, I would wear jeans. I was allowed to wear jeans, you know, to youth group. And then, of course, started buying skirts because it was more appropriate and welcomed within this community. (laughs) When I was at that stage of
1: thinking about what clothing to wear, I didn't quite understand how to do practical clothing yet because I was a child learning how to just live in my body um Mm -hmm. and so even if it wasn't practical like it's summer if i'm going to youth group i am wearing a floor-length denim jumper because pinnacle of fashion over here (laughs) you did boy did you (laughs) do you remember any of the first moments of us hanging out together as friends mm.
0: oh do you want to know the moment specifically that i'm thinking of because i'm pretty sure you know i would love which one. to know what you're <laughs> going to say okay first of all let me see when okay. i first met Hanna, um i remember walking in for the actually the very first night of me being at this youth group okay um you were sitting over on the side benches along the Perfect. wall with your dad because you know I was a nervous Nelly wearing and my dad one is of very your strong presents. You were wearing one of your homemade jumpers. Excellent. And then I remember you going around with two or three of the other girls that I literally became friends with and you were just kind of like tag teaming with them because obviously they were the loud ones that knew everybody and I'm way too introverted to be exciting. And everything else. And my dad spoke to your dad the very oh. first night, apparently. Wow. And then later told me that night, We should become friends with Hannah. I think she's a great girl. She just this is why he wanted me to be friends with you. She just shot a deer this year. You should be friends with her.
1: <laughs> that was one of the because most terrifying experiences
0: of my life
1: when I had dad to shoot a deer. Yeah, and you were yeah. very quiet,
0: very shy, kind of ashamed. <laughs> have I ever been hunting since that moment? I have not. That is specifically the first time I remember seeing you. I didn't meet you yeah. until we went to your house, I don't think, but I don't remember that interaction Mm -hmm. at all and then the next thing i remember us doing is i invited you over to practice tanning deer hides with me i wanted to make buckskin oh yeah and i was like she'd do it with me (laughs) so i invited you over and you came over in your homemade prairie skirt (laughs) with plastic uh garbage bags over us yes I just remember being, like, in the yard, like, uh-huh. starting a fire uh-huh. with this giant half-cut barrel filled with water and lye, just, like, stirring oh, yeah. it like the little witches in the cauldron <laughs> that we were. <laughs> and, uh, my parents, of course, were like, this is a great activity for them. Fantastic <laughs> choice. bonding. <laughs> Yeah, so we were we were tanning deer hides at like 14. I do remember it was really fun because, you know, when you're mm-hmm. a kid and you have
1: a better imagination, you can be like, oh, yes. man, if we were like homesteaders somewhere <laughs> and we would know this skill of how to tan a hide. And I do remember that the result of all of our labor was not what we were expecting. <laughs>
0: Long story short, that's the first memories I have of you. And I love it. Seeing you and meeting you and all of that. Cool. So, I feel like after hearing all
1: of that, when we talk about the name of the podcast, Short Skirts and a Long Scripture, we want to highlight this weirdness of the community that we were in. You can't wear short skirts. Mm-hmm. But we also want to highlight that the scripture, the long scripture, the Bible that we were taught was mm-hmm. not evil. It was not detrimental to us. How it was used in certain cases would be detrimental.
0: Yes. I feel like, at least like for our name, the way I took how we named this podcast was um, the short skirt was... The taboo, mm-hmm. and they would always come at you with a taboo with some long ass scripture that was meant to like change your life or make you change the way you're living or you know repent for your sin or something like that. Like that's mm-hmm. always what it seemed to be was here's what you're doing wrong. Here's a scripture, to fix your life. So yeah, I also want to point out, I think most of the people that we were traumatized
1: by at some point. Or another, they had good intention and they wanted us to be okay, but the way Mm -hmm. that advice was given or the unsolicited advice that was given was detrimental to our well-being mentally, physically, emotionally. Mm -hmm. So as we go forward with this podcast, we want to talk about some of the experiences we had, some of the things that we were taught maybe why we thought the things that we were taught were wrong or misconstrued or misused mhm or maybe how we misunderstood them and then that presented itself in weird
0: ways also you were saying these things to 12 13 14 15 year old kids yep things are going to be taken a certain way yeah And it's the fact that the mass majority of us came out with the same exact message from these things. That was maybe not healthy. While they, yeah, while they probably meant them with good intention, we all took them the same way. Here's the things that were said. Here's what we all heard. And then we went into small groups and the same things were said to us or reiterated exactly how we had heard them by the older generation in this group. Because they had grown up getting hearing the same yeah. things and taking away that exact same message yeah. that we did. So they are just piling on top of what we already heard and received, yeah. the same shit and the same trauma. Yeah, kind <laughs> essentially. of. Essentially. <laughs> They're like, here's what we heard. And it's like, yeah, I heard that too. So now we're going to tell you again exactly what you heard to ingrain that in your brain and you're never going to forget it. Which is a great tactic for learning something, but also a great
1: way to injure someone's mental health.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Agreed.
1: Creates an echo chamber, and when you're a kid, you don't know what an echo chamber is,
0: and you don't have a way to get out of it. All the kids were having the exact same thoughts, feelings, everything Mm -hmm. to what was being said, and... Usually, there was only a few kids that would speak up and say kind of a different version of the exact same thing, and the rest of us would just sit there and be like, Yeah, I have nothing to add. I'm just right. going to agree yeah. so I don't have to talk. Yeah, exactly. I really feel strongly that there's a
1: difference between helping guide a kid that doesn't know what they want or need and mm-hmm. telling a kid what they should want or need in this religious community, in this youth group we received what we should want and what we should need and if we wanted Mm -hmm. or needed anything outside of these parameters it was wrong
0: yes it was portrayed as wrong but also um those other options weren't even presented to us no
1: we didn't have any other choices they were just
0: like Here's what you should want. Here's what you should need. This is what your entire goal Mm -hmm. in life should be. Both guys and girls. They told kind of the same narrative too. This is what you should be working towards. There were no other options. They didn't discuss anything else. They weren't asking us, what do you want Mm -hmm. in your life, in your future, when you turn 18 or 20? None of this was presented. Mm -hmm. So we really only had, again, it was an echo chamber. Yeah. We had one option. And unless you were in a position to be able to experience life outside of this group Mm -hmm. and this echo chamber, you didn't know that there were any other options. Yep.
1: That's where it starts moving from this is a
0: religion is part of my life to this is a cult Mm -hmm. because you don't have any other choices. We should just come up with a a bullet list maybe of all of the ways that, Hey, this is problematic. This is, you know, another reasoning of why this was a cult and maybe look up the definition of that a little bit better because there's cult and then there's like religious cults. Yeah. And this was a religious cult. I feel where it was still based on, you know, the base religion of christianity but taken to a whole different level of what is unhealthy and what it never was meant to be like many other religious cults out there in the world Mm -hmm. well
1: thank you for sharing your story with me it was interesting to hear your perspective
0: again even though i already know it (laughs) yeah i was gonna say you know everything but you know let's reiterate some of this (laughs)